teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on into the Baseline Podcast. Uh, again, doing some more lockdown catch-ups. We're just sending sending our love to everyone that's in, that's in lockdown in New Zealand. Um, obviously, things are rough in other parts of the world. Um, but yeah, just stay safe, stay home. Uh, we're obviously waiting for more announcements. But if you are in Auckland, hope everything is well. Thanks to everyone for supporting the pod so far. Just trying to get a bit more content in there. Have a, a special guest on today, um, Paulie Hinare uh, from Shimane in, in Japan. He's coming to us live from Japan, obviously. Um, Paulie, how are you going tonight? Uh, awesome. Thanks, Stevie. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, nah, it's all good. Um, really, really great to have you on. Um, yeah, two two Japanese guests within a week. We'll talk about Zico when he gets there eventually. Um, yeah. But yeah, so f- firstly, um, uh, how are things in Japan um, at the moment from a like a you know social COVID standpoint? Um, and how was your first year over there coaching? Yeah, um, I, I guess to answer the question about COVID in Japan, it's it really kind of depends where you are in the country. Um, you know, right after towards the end of the Olympics and, you know, a few days after in Tokyo, um, I was getting sort of daily up- updates, but I think they topped, you know, 5,000 cases in one day um, at some stage. And it's since then, I believe it's been, you know, three or 4,000 a day um, since it finished. And that's in the Tokyo area alone. Um, I think on one of those days, Japan hit 20,000 cases for the day as a, as a country. Um, so you go from that to little old Shimane where I'm at, and I was speaking to a local the other day uh, who told me that they believe that there were four cases in Shimane. Wow. Um, and in Matsue, which is the town, the city, the town that I'm, I'm based in, um, again, I'm just going off a, a local local knowledge. I, I can't confirm this, but apparently it's zero. So, yeah. um, wow. you know, I just went out to the, you know, the grocery store before, picked up my guy in the K, took him to an international spot where you can, uh, get some different different kind of foods if you, if you want a bit more international flavor and you know walking around the mall walking around the, the shopping center everybody's masked up and you know sanitizing it everywhere you look and all that sort of stuff but uh i guess in today's day and age life is pretty normal yeah yeah oh that's good to hear yeah it's, i i think that the being out trying to coach basketball with sometimes you and obviously people were like why don't you just do a bubble like the nba do like it's just not it's not that simple, you know, you, to, to try and have it as uninterrupted season and be able to bring your imports in, then, like, it's great to hear that, that things have been, um, yeah, relatively, um, they've been pretty good down there. How, um, obviously, recruited the big fish, Zico, to come in and coach with you. Um, how excited are you to get Zico to Japan? Um, and how do you think he's going to fit in as a part of, of your team? Yeah, uh, first of all, super excited to get him here. Um, I think... Zico is one of, if not the most, you know, talented and hardworking coaches that New Zealand has right now, um, that New Zealand has produced. Uh, actually, I mean, he came from New Zealand, but Zico produced himself. Uh, that, that's, that's the kind of work ethic that he, that he has. Um, and so, you know, obviously get him off the back of not just this season, but to me, I mean, I'd, I've always known about Zico, but to me, where my respect um, grew for him as a, as a coach is just watching his progress over his last three years coaching in the NBL. Um, 2000 and 
2018, I believe it was, uh, when he was in his first year in Hawke's Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, took that team to, to the finals um, with Angus Brandt and Ethan Rusbatch and Jerry Kenny and those guys like that. And I thought that it did a hell of a hell of a job that year. Um, but in the end, mate, you know, maybe just got out talented a little bit at, at final four weekend. Then 2019 was back at Hawke's Bay, but totally changed the way that they played um, and the way that they approached the game. Obviously, they had a couple of minor um, or minor or major personnel changes and, uh, um, you know, had an outstanding season. Obviously, you know, got to coach against them um, when I was with Wellington. But I, I just thought, you know, the changes that he made from first year in Hawks Bay to second year, you know, very, very different, but both very, very successful. Uh, and then again, watching them closely this year with, with the Saints and, and, and how he orchestrated that team, the way he got them to play, um, you know, you, you can just see the way that that team played. Uh, as a coach, you can understand and respect the, the, the work that's gone in the background um, with, with that for sure. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and I think that the uh, the people and the, the real hardcores see, you know, like their shot profile, for example, the discipline that's put in around um, sticking to what works. You know, I think that um, there hasn't always been people that are trying to get the best out of their personnel. And, and I think it's it's so great to see we're having these coaches coming through that are really trying to not just have the team success, but push our individual players to be like, hey, you know, you've got the talent. Like, let's get in there and, and make sure that you're you're shooting threes at the rate that we can and, you know, finish strong at the rim and really trying to focus on playing strong, efficient basketball. And it was it was cool to see him have the success, um, you know, got the title as a head coach, which is, which is really great. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, in terms of him coming in here, like, I, I mean, I think his work ethic and his ability to, to put in those hours to understand, you know, players, strengths, weaknesses, systems, uh, different styles, uh, I think he's going to adjust really, really easily. And, uh, and, I, and I think he'll, he'll step in here and, and make a really good impression, um, which, you know, obviously I'm hoping for, but I'm, I'm more than confident that he'll come in and do that. And, yeah, obviously a byproduct is, is help us become a better team um, as a as an organization. Um, us as a coaching staff help me as a coach. I know I'll learn a lot off him. Um, hopefully I can, uh, he can learn off me at the same time as well. But, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to get him, getting him here and uh, seeing the impact that he can have in a, in a new league and a new country. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really great. So since you've you've less left um, New Zealand, um, you know when you came to, to take up that post, we've seen uh, in Japan, but we've seen in New Zealand there's, there's been probably quite a bit of change, and none more so I feel like in the last probably three six months in a year, you know, be it, be it organisational change, association, personnel, um, and at the moment we're seeing um, the Tall Blacks coaching role um, being sort of you know up in the air with the. Uh, with it being advertised, um, and is it? I think it's a a subject that um, hasn't really been talked on a lot publicly. But I know that the Torbex is something that it's dear to a lot of basketball fans' hearts. You know, like that the, the the pride, not just from the people that have worn um, the silver firm, but the fans. They really care about the team and the people in it, and there hasn't really been a lot of discourse around it. Um, why, why do you think the job was advertised in the first place and, and, and what's your thinking on, on what's happening there? Yeah, look, uh, I guess first of all, um, 
you know, looking at the current situation that Will Basketball is in, looking at the situation of the program since since I stepped down and Piero took took over, um, the the biggest concern thought um, that 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 I have and biggest disappointment is that they they went and advertised the job full stop. Um, yeah. You know, Piero obviously took over um, as an interim head coach, I believe that was that might have been the title. Yeah. Um, and in that time, I believe it was his first game, beat Australia in Australia, went to Guam, beat Guam in Guam, which is no easy feat these days. Um, and then got thrown the hospital pass of putting together a team to play um, Australia again in, in Australia, yeah. while literally no um, you know, current Tall Blacks, were, I believe, were available for, for that game. Um, and, and that's been his time because of all the disruptions, cancellations, in that time, the decision of BBNZ not to go to the Olympic qualifier, um, obviously because of financial situations, but I guess from a competitive point of view, you see Italy come out of that tournament, uh, win and go to the Olympics. And I think about how a year and a half earlier, you know, granted it was a it was a warm up game against Italy before the World Cup, um, but a lot of the same players, a lot of the same team, the same coach was there. And we had a good win against them. So, yeah. you know, seeing that that opportunity was missed out from, from our guys in hindsight was was really, really disappointing. You know, obviously the funding is is something there, but uh, not being given the opportunity. And I know a, a few other guys were um, disappointed with that decision. Um, but, but going back to PC, you know, for, for me, it's about you put a person in place that's got experience, had success uh, in terms of, you know, being all about tall blacks, there, there is no one that even comes close in, in our country, in the world, to, to yeah. Piero Cameron. Yeah. Um, and so to, to sort of give him that, that opportunity to, to do what he did and be successful with the time that he had, with the teams that he had, with the games that he had, then to go around and advertise and say, well, we're still not quite sure whether you're the yeah. right guy. To me, that's a real slap in the face and... Um, and it's bullshit, really, to be honest, if I'm being quite frank. Um, yeah. Because what more does does a person need to do? And then you ask him to reapply. Um, you know, do you not know the guy by now? <laughs> After seeing him <laughs> as a player, as a Hall of Fever Hall of Famer, yeah. uh, as a successful NBL coach, as a long-time Tall Blacks assistant, and now a successful, albeit in a short time, uh, head coach of the national program, what are we talking about in this interview um yeah. and what more do you need to know yeah and so yeah that, that's probably one of the, the the most disappointing things um you know obviously pc has done so much for for our country so much for the sport in many different yeah. ways um and uh, to think that there would be a chance that uh, that an outsider comes in and all of a sudden takes over from all that good work that's been done over over decades yeah. Um, it is, is definitely a, a tough pill to swallow. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's, it's, you know, obviously there's a process that's got to, got to be done, but um, you definitely got to ask the question about, you know, who, who are making these decisions um, and why are we making these decisions when Basketball New Zealand's in the process of appointing a new CEO? Yeah. Um, wouldn't you think that the CEO would want to be a part of that that process and uh, uh, and that decision? Um, so that that's a question that sort of I think needs to be asked as well. Um, yeah. So 
so yeah, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm hopeful that the that the big fella gets another opportunity because I think he's he's more than perfect to continue um, the legacy of what has been. You know, obviously, we've had ups and downs along the way with with the with the program, but uh, um, I don't think there's anyone better to carry the torch and continue the not only on court success, but probably more importantly, the the special culture that yes is unique in in almost all sports in the world um yeah 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 so yeah so well, i was speaking to someone before the podcast and talking about they talked about how pc carries not just what he did but what all the people who who wore the black singlet previously he carries that when he coaches the team and in my eyes there's no one that more embodies what the tb's culture is about and what that representing the team for the last you know 20 years we talk about from obviously the, the, the from when he started but there were pre- people private pr- previous to that that were such a big part but pc embodies so much of what that program is about and and i think the the, the prevailing worry there is that um if he was if he was to be gone then uh, and we're giving this to an outsider what happens to that culture because i feel the culture, like we're a country of five million, yet we come in at the last um, twenty nineteen World Championships, and we almost beat Greece. You know, um, Giannis is there at the time and is a current NBA MVP. Like these, these results come from getting the most out of the personnel that is there. But I would say having a culture that surpasses a team culture that surpasses a lot of other international programs, because you're bringing in. Um, people like Polder Winatana, for example, you're bringing these people in to help instill these values and beliefs that push the program. So if it passes to, say, an Australian, for example, because we seem to like, um, you know, em- employ, we, we seem to be bringing in other people to, to be running these programs. If we bring in someone from another country, then how can that culture continue? It's a very good question. It's a very good <laughs> question and, and, and a question that, that obviously concerns me as well and i guess you know a couple of things pop up um first thing that pops up to mind is you know asking the question without that culture do we compete on talent alone do we compete by bringing in a, a coach that's you know has great history or um uh, experience with being great systematically and with the x's and o's you know what i mean um and, and to me we we don't win any games if you're just comparing, you're trying to be systematically the best team you can be and bring the even the very best talent that New Zealand has, we don't do well. We don't we don't give ourselves the, the best chance to to knock over some of these teams. And so, in in terms of preserving the culture, uh, again, yeah, there's no one better in the world right now to to be able to do that. And uh, um, you know, it, it's something that, uh, again, is, is quite puzzling for me um, that you would consider bringing an outsider in. You know, the, the old, a lot of great uh, Australian friends, play, you know, past players, coaches, things like that, a lot of respect for them. Um, you know, would, I, I just can't, I can't ever see the boomers bringing in a Kiwi to coach the boomers. I can't see that. I can't ever see the All Blacks bringing in an Aussie to coach the All Blacks. You know what I mean? It's just, there's yeah. just some things that you just don't uh, cross pollinate, if you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. yeah, like like in terms of you know making that type of change, 
um, yeah, like I said, there's uh, very few people, if any, that, that have the knowledge that Piero does. You know, he's coming up. I don't even know when he debuted for the Tall Blacks, 93, 94. Like, that's <laughs> almost three decades of yeah. um, of experience, knowledge, um, success, failures, learnings, growing. You know, we talk about Tall Black culture, and, and that thing has evolved, as it should be, as any culture should evolve. But in terms of core values, um, you know, one of the things that, that, was, that it was always pushed in the Tall Blacks is the respect the pride um that comes with putting on that black singlet that with, with representing your, your country with representing the tall blacks um you know we speak a lot about you know past present future uh it's it's, it's something that's always uh brought up and uh outsiders don't know that and they can't yeah. to yeah. through no fault of their own um yeah. And, and so, you know, again, I'll, I'll probably keep circling back, but, um, you know, you tell me someone in the world right now that can fully understand that and comprehend that more than the person that they already have in charge. Yeah, 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 agreed, yeah. And and I think that, that PC's experience uh, in terms of also I feel like a, a man motivator or a, a motivator of people, um, when you look at the at the current crop that we're picking from, um, if you if you, there's going to be a TB's window in November, PC already has those relationships. Like if you if you were to, I, I feel if you were to go out and say, well, we're going to go and farm this out to a um, recruitment company that's going to help hire, they would they would look through and they'd be like, oh, you know, he's got relationships with this guy, this guy, this guy. He's he's already motivated and had these players that are going to be selected for the November window and for the window after. He has those strong bonds with those people um and so even if you take if you take the other stuff away i feel the other side of it is he has that really strong international experience but if you're talking about um someone having to be based in new zealand or spend a significant amount of time here which is what the job description dated do you feel that sorry that's what the job description stated um do you feel that precludes though some of the better international candidates from applying if they have to spend a significant amount of time in new zealand or live in New Zealand. Yeah, I guess, you know, the, the way that the the competition is structured these days with the windows, um, you know, with the events throughout the calendar year and on a real consistent basis, whereas for a long, long time, right, the international program was like two months a year, slap bang yeah. in the middle of the year and like that's it and you're done. Uh, so that is obviously long gone um, and, and the landscape has changed in that regard. Um, I, I think the perfect scenario is that you do have, you know, somebody that's, um, you know, can commit to the, the full program, can commit to, you know, be there at the at the drop of a dime, basically, um, and be ready to go. I guess the the concerning thing is though, uh, one, you know, Piero has always done that, um, no matter where he's been in the world, um, yeah. and two, for what I believe what I understand that the salary range was advertised as what are the quality of candidates going to be um, that, that are prepared to do all of those things for, for that money? And maybe they are, maybe they are, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but um, you, you do have to ask the question of, of, of value. Um, I guess financial value on the role, who are you going to get to, to be able to do something like that? So 
yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one. I think, yeah, like I say, perfect, perfect scenario. You have a, you have a salary attached to a job that's full-time um, and, and able to do, I guess, um, involve themselves a little bit more in the, growing the game in New Zealand and all that sort of stuff. But to do that, you need time. Time costs money. Everybody needs money. So it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22. Like, um, yeah, what, what, what are you prepared to give and take when it comes to that? Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I, I think with the with the new CEO coming in, like you talked about, would that new person want to be involved? I mean, I think that the the Tall Blacks program is such a key part of growing the talent within New Zealand, but also it's a key part of the brand. I feel like the the where that where the Tall Blacks sit in terms of the brand of basketball in New Zealand, it's it's so key. So I do feel that the that the new CEO when they come in and you know in a month or two, whatever it is. I feel like they would probably want to have a say. So it's like, um, you know, it's it's like comparing it to an NBA front office that they draft a guy, um, and then a new NBA front office comes in, and and they and the the young player wasn't drafted by that guy. It's almost like, oh, you I, you came in under a previous regime. So even the new person they give the job to, it's not it's not the ideal situation. The other question though that I have is, and I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but if it was an Australian coach or a coach from somewhere else, um, surely that would lessen the chances of of Steve of Stephen Adams playing for the Torbacks because the the connection that that he has, I feel to um, to New Zealand and to New Zealand coaches and the people that have come before, like yourself and like PC, I feel surely that would throw those chances out the window. Yeah, you have to think so. I mean, you know, look, we, we've tried. Uh, we've tried for a number of years to, to mend that bridge and to provide an opportunity for him to to come and join the team and unfortunately hasn't taken it up. But but to be honest, I, I don't think he's going to play at all. I don't think he's ever yeah. going to put on the black singlet. Um, yeah. And the reason I say that, uh, and obviously it's a, it's a pure guess, is that the, the one or two opportunities that we sort of had um, and kind of explained to, to him and his team and, and, and management, you know, there were a couple of, in my mind, like perfect timing scenarios, right? If we're going to do it, like this is it in terms of yep. timing, where we're at, time pressure, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, you know, we still weren't able to get it done. So, um, yeah, I honestly think, uh, and, and I know him and him and Piero have a, you know, a good relationship or an understanding um, and, yep. and a mutual respect there. Um, so I think, again, if there is a slight chance that he would, uh, I, I would, probably put my money on on pc being being the guy that uh would be able to get him in yeah 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 and that's a yeah that's a, it's always a, it's always obviously a tough question but i but i feel that um you know that the, again we go back to the new ceo you know there's if there's a tick list of things that you that you're trying to get done if you're coming into the job is it's the you know getting steve to play for the tour blacks there's there's lots of things there like that 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 are so important and um you know that 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 would be really would be really disappointing um do as the game grows here in new zealand um you know and obviously there are some great australian coaches why why do you feel or do you have any inkling why we feel like we need to be continually um bringing in people from australia for for positions when um you know there's probably enough talent and we've actually started to see talent go offshore in terms of coaches and and personnel um why, why do we feel why do you feel like that is geez um i mean you know if you asked me that question 20 years ago 
then you know you would say you know you could see the success that they've had as a national program with their professional league and and what they do there's, there's a lot that we can learn from them and and i think at the time that's when a few aussies were starting to come over to new zealand and and some of them had a positive impact um in new zealand basketball but you know in this day and age when you look at the the depth of talent can you call a coach talented <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, the depth of experienced coaches yeah. Uh, capable, uh, competent, um, and very astute coaches that we have in New Zealand at our disposal. Um, I guess to answer your question, why aren't we making more of an effort to develop, you know, help grow those guys um, yeah. and nourish those guys into these opportunities? Um, and, and again, you know, knowing, knowing PC firsthand, you know, the lack of, I guess, opportunities coach development support for him to you know being based in aussie and have the national program and and all that type of stuff is, is all well and good but you know he, he hasn't had a lot of help to to help him grow uh, as, a, as a coach and um learn about the you know i guess more of the administrative side of of the game and coaching and, and things like that so um yeah i guess to answer your question like now we we don't need to look um yeah offshore we, we have the talent and the experience um and the capabilities with, with our coaching here and now um but unfortunately I'm not, I'm not making those decisions yeah yeah oh well you can you can apply for the ceo role mate it's it's open at the yeah. moment <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just chuck because continually chucking you under the bus here mate um yeah that's all good that's all good I, yeah <laughs> I, I, I could never see myself um, in, in that type of position, unfortunately. Uh, much respect um, to those people that do. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty tough role. Um, the la last question we would, before we finish up chatting on the coaching, is um, how do you how do you feel that the because this is the when I've already touched on is, is the respect that um, that guys like yourself and PC, especially obviously in this conversation, the respect that the playing group holds um, PC in. How, how do you feel like, I mean, if you were to put yourself in your shoes, if you were, you know, the, the starting point guard or whatever, how do you feel like the playing group would, would react to, um, yeah, to, to PC not being around and, and some sort of outsider being brought in? Because not only would it change the culture automatically, because it, it would just be, a, it would be an outsider, but it would, I think it'd be a bit of a, a shock to the system. How do you think the playing group would, would react to that? Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, um, it's, it's a tough one, you know, to, to speak for players and what they would do. But I guess my concern, one of my biggest concerns of an outsider coming in to, you know, take the job and, you know, re-up this culture is that, you know, we were on the verge of a, of a major change in leadership amongst the player group. You know, we've, we've got guys like, uh, you know, Tom Abercrombie, uh, Corey Webster, Jared Kenny. Uh, those are the three guys that come to mind right now who have been a part of that leadership group for a long, long, long time, yeah. um, who are maybe close to stepping away from international duties. Um, if there were to be a coaching change that would trigger uh, an exodus of guys that would say, okay, new era, time to move on, then there's a mm -hmm. big, massive gaping hole in what yeah. was and is, sorry, yeah. Uh, the glue to, to, to what make the, the Tall Blacks tick. 
And yeah. if there were to be such an exodus like that, I think it would be hugely damaging to the program, hugely damaging to the team. Um, and yeah, it would be, yeah, I don't know what the metaphor is, like a ship going through the ocean without a rudder or something, something like that. You know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a little bit scary to think about. I never really thought about it until you asked me that question in terms of that changeover and, and what the reaction of players might be. But, uh, you know, I remember when I was in the job, I'd already kind of started to flag the, the need to start to, to nourish some leadership underneath. And that's where I think Ruben Tarangi has just made some unbelievable grounds in, in, in that respect, um, Jordan Natai. Um, but again, you, you can't have it all at once, um, yeah. you know, to to potentially lose a Hall of Fame. Because that's the other sad thing. Like if, if Piero goes now, like he's gone yeah. forever, I believe. Um, yes. I haven't had that conversation with him, but... Yeah. Why? Why else would he would he stay around? Um, you know, him and I, when we when Nenad stepped down and him and I both applied for it, we 100% supported each other. Um, that whoever got the job, we would support them 100%. And um, obviously, I really 100% supported him to take over when I stepped down. Um, so to you know to to not have that opportunity and to not bring him back and to potentially or almost guarantee the fact that New Zealand basketball, basketball New Zealand, the Tall Blacks never see Piero Cameron again is a little bit scary. And yeah. something that I don't, I don't know, is, has yeah. that even come up in the discussion in terms of the decision-making? Are, are you guys willing to prepare uh, to uh, accept that, that this guy of almost 30 years of dedication blood, sweat, tears to the program, to the organization, to the jersey, to the country. He's going yeah. to walk away. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is a bit scary. Yeah. I mean, geez, when you when you say it like that, geez, it almost gets you a little bit emotional, mate. It's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that, like, that there shouldn't be. It's like Piero and, and basketball in New Zealand are like, I don't know what the, the terminology is, but they're just connected. Um, and I think a game without him in it, the, the game would be a lot poorer with his with his absence. And mm-hmm. as we're going through a leadership change at the top, obviously with the CEO, um, and I already feel that the game in here in New Zealand is, is quite disconnected in a lot of ways, you know. And 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 some of that is the is those strong family values that the Tall Blacks embody. Um, and I think without without PC, it's like that would be a real kick, you know what I mean? It would be a real kick in the guts to, to I feel like the the fans um, and just the basketball community as a whole, you know, it would be it would be pretty it would be pretty devastating. I hope, absolutely. Um, I hope that that um, they can re up and that that he can he can become the coach. Um, but if he if he wasn't to, then then I I feel like there could be some probably a bit of an outpouring of. I don't want to preempt anything, but I feel like there would be probably some pretty upset people because him and basketball are just are just one. You know, he was named one of the top multi sportsmen of of all time. I think it was just in like the last year. Like, um, I think yeah. there's not many countries that have that uh, that caliber of 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 person, and not a lot of sports. You know, a lot of bigger countries that yeah. that they just don't have that guy who's he's like a titan uh, of our game. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in yeah. terms of relevance to to our country and our sport, you know, he's he's up there with Yao Ming. He's up there with you know Manu Ginobili yeah. and uh, 
Louis Scola, um, yeah. you know, Patty Mills. Yes. Um, you know, and, and again, like on Patty Mills, like just seeing the, I guess, the aftermath of, of the Olympic campaign for the boomers and all you hear about, right? Well, not all you hear about, but the one thing that I latched onto that I'm hearing and reading yeah. is the talk about the culture. Exactly. Yeah. Past, present, future. Yeah. How important it is to hold on to that. How important it is that everyone that comes in needs to be a part of that. Um, yeah. And so me, that was like a, you know, I don't know, it was... Yeah, just for me, reinforce the the importance and, and, and well, it's not up to me whether I think it's important, but for, for the people that are making those that decision on, you know, who takes over the job next, um, hopefully can understand the importance of of that thing because, you know, the boomers, yes, they have NBA players, but Patty Mills is a role NBA yeah. player. Joe Ingles is a role NBA player. Those other guys are role players. What makes them great? Yes. The culture. And the ability to come together and the ability to buy into past, present, and future, leaving the jersey in a better space than they left it. Um, yeah. And again, I'll, I'll circle back for the tenth time already in this conversation. <laughs> Who's the guy that's going to do that for New Zealand? You know, Perry yeah. Cameron. Yeah, without a doubt. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and and I think probably if, if I speak to the plan, I can speak to the playing group here. I think when they watch the Olympics, they will probably like, man, like give us a shot. You know what I mean? Give us a shot at at that and and. And I feel with us not having seen um, and you know, respect to the to the group that that of young guys that they asked to play in the, in the in that um, the friendly, um, but we're having not seen relevant Torbex basketball for uh, for so long, it's sort of like you know we, we need need to have some sort of a positive movement in that area to to get back out on court if it's for these November qualifiers and um, yeah PC is the, the best person to lead that and but when you look at the the boomers culture um and all the heartbreak that they had around not getting a medal is that you, you can compare great comparisons to from patty mills to pc it's like um just the the type of person and the values and and everything that goes into it i mean even i remember seeing the documentary when um that was filmed in wellington around the tvs and talking about the hucker like there's so many little parts that 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 make up what makes um the 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 TB culture so great and something like the the hucker for example I mean um and unless you'd obviously been in the camp yourself like I don't know but unless you've been in the camp yourself there's things like that which I assume you obviously you either have to have experienced yourself or um you know you need to have been been able to have been part of it or played to be able to pass that sort of stuff on right yeah absolutely um you know I was extremely lucky in, in my time with the Tall Blacks obviously Paul Winitano is you know, one of my best friends, like a brother to me. And, you know, for him to, to support me and come in and, and come in with a vision, him and I had a vision around two kaha an hour. We wanted to, I guess, like I said, like culture, culture carries on, but it always mm, evolves and develops and grows. But the, the, you know, the core values and the foundations, they, they never really change. Um, but we really wanted to shape it around two kaha and the meaning of it. And so, you know, what we did for, you know, for my first, two or three years especially, was every time we had a camp, every time we had a campaign, um, you know, Paulo would sit down with the group and it was it was class time. It was yeah. it was learning time. It was learning about Tukaha and not a, not about, you know, what you see the guys performing on the court. That's just the finishing touches of, yeah. of, of Tukaha and what it means to us. It's about truly understanding what the words mean, why we are saying these words, um, 
there's a relevance and importance to, to us as a team, as a Torblex basketball team on the world stage against the competition that we face, all those things. Um, and uh, yeah, the other thing, I'm not too sure how many people were aware of this, like Nenad Vucinic was the dude that kind of sparked uh, the, the flame that was Tukar uh, when he took yeah. over in 2007. Amazing. Um, he, he had a vision and an idea that, you know, he'd been a part of the Torblex program for a long time. And that's what I mean about cu- cultures growing and developing. Yeah. Um, and Nenad and Tab, while being outsiders, foreigners, like these yeah. guys had been embedded in New Zealand culture, New Zealand basketball for decades before they had the opportunity to lead our country. So yes. I, I don't, if there is anyone arguing the point that, you know, those guys are outsiders, no, they're not. They, yeah. they, they, they put in their time. Um, and so was, was Nina's vision, Polder, Winitana and Don Hutana um, wrote and composed Tukaha uh, and has been a staple diet of the Torblacks ever since, you know, 14 years later. So um, again, like knowing where that was, you know, born um, and grown and developed into, you know, to what we did now. Um, and also, you know, also for us, um, not many people know um, when Vooch coached his last game in Spain at the World Cup for us to send him and clear Dallison off um, with a hucker in the locker room and feeling the yes the emotion the yeah. passion the love the respect yeah. in that locker room man there's nothing like it you know feeling you know like I'm starting to choke up already <laughs> just yeah. with memories going back to it like yeah. what a fitting farewell that was. But again, like again, it shows to me. And again, unfortunately, people aren't privy to that type of stuff. Um, yes. Unfortunately, that stuff isn't documented. But for us that were a part of it, that were able to witness it or kind of hear firsthand about it, man, there's nothing more powerful, nothing yeah. more powerful um, than, than what that means to to our team. And I still say our team, like you know, past, present, future. Although I'm here in Shimano, Japan, like. You know, Vooch is in Serbia, Tabs in Manila, there's, you know, Polders in Utah, you know, there's guys all across the world. But what what this team, the jersey and and, uh, and the program means to us is, you know, it, it's it's not just those guys that are involved in the team. There's, there's so many more people um, and so many more that have been before us as well. Yeah. Um, and shout out to the great coach, Steve McKean. Man, what yes. a sad, sad day that was for... A lot yep. of people, but for New Zealand basketball, man, what a, um, you know, here's another, here's another outsider, but man, that dude is yes. as Kiwi as it gets, right? Um, and, and knew absolutely everything about the, the meaning and the importance of, uh, you know, he, he kind of, in some ways, he was one of the, the pioneers of, of starting yes. to all that culture with, with what he did back in the, back in the 70s. So, um, yeah, man, sorry, that was a random one, but I just no, came no, to no, mind what, 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 a, what a legend. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got great to shout out um, Coach McKean. Like I've, a few people shouted him out. I had a the assistant of uh, Cody Toppet was the assistant for the Memphis men's basketball team and shouted him out. You know, and and wow. I didn't even realize that. You know, and he was obviously coach of the Phoenix assistant coach of the Phoenix Suns. Like everyone's shouting that guy out. But to go back to what you're saying, like you can't not get emotional t- when you're talking about um, the send off that you gave Nina. And it's like. Um, who, but who wouldn't seeing that, or even when you see that the clip of the um, of the hucker, I think from 2015, which goes viral every couple of months. 
I don't know if it's the 2015 World Championships of of the of the Haka against Team USA. Who would not want to be part of? You know, you've got the guy like um like Benny Anthony there. You know what I mean? Just like giving it his all with the Haka and and just like buying into everything that it was about. Who who wouldn't want to be part of? that culture you know the th- and the things that people would do on on and off the court like you would come into training and you would be willing to bust people's asses because you'd be like man look there's Corey Webster there's Isaac Fortu there's these guys look at what they're doing like, like they're they're willing to run through a brick wall a brick wall for for PC you know they're they're willing to to give it all and and they're living by the the sort of stuff you know on and off the court um so I mean yeah you You'd have to be stupid to not to not realize the importance of that of that culture, um, and that that has been a massive part of of the results. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. We could probably talk on for for um, for hours on this stuff, but um, I, I really appreciate you you jumping on, Paulie. I think what I want to finish with is um, is that the the respect that the PC is is held in. In New Zealand, I think that's an important thing to consider, and and um, it's not going to change like anything me saying that. But like, I just want people to realise that um, that how much of a titan of, of our game he is, and and the hope that he gets carried and the respect that that he deserves. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think just given a just given a fair shot, you know, the, the guy, you know, he got thrown a. Uh, you know, a hospital pass of sorts, you know, when I stepped out, um, you know, unplanned departure, um, but again, willing to step up and, and do a great job with what he did. Um, you know, wh- why wouldn't we give this guy that has so much history respect um, and has given so much um, to, to the game and to the jersey and to the team? I think the bare minimum, the bare minimum is to to let him put his his own spin on Tall Blacks culture, his own spin on what success looks like for the Tall Blacks. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, that he does get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on, having this great chat. Um, yeah, like it's been awesome. And uh, I feel a bit pumped, pumped up now, actually, after that chat. Um, it's just... <laughs> I might go do a hucker in the, in the, in the room. <laughs> Yeah, just to get out of my system because yeah, it, it does. You know, you know, to this day, to still have that effect on me personally, like to yeah. to, to know what it means, um, you know, to know how it feels to be in those locker rooms. Um, you know, we did one for Tab in Japan when he finished in two thousand and six as well. That was Kamate, but I was like, that one wasn't so much about the words; it was just about like the respect for for the man as well. It's like, man, that those those moments. Um, those those opportunities to be a part of that and to witness that. Um, you know, I spoke to Sean Dennis the other day. Obviously, a good friend of mine coached me for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sean was actually with us in 2006. He he was one of the recipients of one of the Prime Minister's scholarships back then. And part of what he did was to do some scouting and, and be a part of the the, the team um, from that point of view. Um, and, and of all of that, that's the one thing that he, uh, you know he remembers most about his, you know, that whole experience of, of doing that. He still talks to me about when we did the Haka for Tab in the locker room and he was be able to, to sit and, and experience and, and witness that. Wow. You know, that's the thing that stood out to him of that yes. a 2006 World Cup campaign. A Haka <laughs> in the locker room. 
Um, yeah. So, you know, again, just an another example of, of, of how special that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's spine tingling stuff. And I think the great thing about this chat is that um, you've, you know, I appreciate you opening up and, and sort of showing what tall blacks culture means. And I, I think that, um, that that's, yeah, that that's what, you know, people want to be Stephen Adams or they want to be Corey Webster, but I know that kids, they want to be tall blacks because um, like as kids growing, growing up playing basketball, like who wouldn't want to, to, do the haka wear it with the black fern on your chest um like and just that that is still with the tall blacks culture that's been so prominent like obviously the 90s is such a big part of it but so prominent since since 2002 with that massive run and and the people that were involved in that and then obviously the late 90s guys and mid 90s people as well um that continue growing it like who wouldn't want to be a part of of that if you were a kid growing up because it's just such a um yeah, it's just such a massive thing. Absolutely, yep. Always yep. will, uh, always has been, always will be a big part of my life, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Thank you so much for sharing um, all that with uh, with me, Paulie, and I know that the, the fans will love hearing from you. Uh, I know it's been a little been a little while, and um, but it's also so awesome that not only in Japan are you, um, like you're tr blazing the trail over there as you've, you've taken Z with you, um, Isaac Fotu is obviously going to um, join to play in Japan, and then Nick Kay, um, you're getting the the old Saints crew back together. It's just awesome yeah. to see. <laughs> it's just awesome to see um, that we've we've got yeah Ross in in, in the states and uh, the Kiwis out here and and really blazing a trail, not just for our players but but our coaches as well. So yeah, I really appreciate you you jumping on and sparing your time. Hundred percent, man. Appreciate it, Stevie. Thanks for having me, brother. Awesome. Talk soon. All right.